There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Borough podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And well, last week we spoke about Borough like being like a game of snakes and ladders. But after back-to-back wins, Borough have got back on the ladder and climbed to ninth place in the championship table. But the season is very, very much done with two games left. And we can put our season review podcast on very, very soon. But Dana... I'm going to start things off with you. Um, we'll start with Rotherham first, and I want to chat about uh, the game in general. But I also want to go about Middlesbrough. They tweaked the formation back to a back three. Relatively good performance. It was great to get the win as well. Connor Malley is going to be mentioned in this podcast as well, and rightly so too. But how would you assess the performance against the Millers? Well, it was the worst possible start, wasn't it? I mean, I'd only, just, I'd only just sat down and, and we conceded. I think that's the th- uh, 23rd time that we've conceded first this season, which is obviously a problem. Um, and that needs to be stamped out as soon as possible, never mind um, next season. But it took us a while to get into the game. The red card obviously had a massive impact on it. And as soon as Matt Crooks got sent off, well, I say as soon as Matt Crooks got sent off, it, it took about five to ten minutes for us to mm, yeah. start playing the ball along the floor, which is something that... I just want Borough to do. And I think we looked really good when we were playing the ball along the floor. We weren't hoofing it forward um, sort of aimlessly because we were playing to the strengths. I know you've got the next question is about that, but it, it was really good to see Borough playing some good football. You know, we, we genuinely played some good football at times in that um, game against Rotherham. Yeah, well, it was nice to see Borough play at the strengths of like Akpom, Watmore, Cabano, Balassi. You know, it was it was nice to see us not hit and hope and yeah. try and hit the channels and then go out of play, lose possession, go back in defensive set up and then take about another 20 minutes for us to get our next chance. But it was nice for, for us to be a bit more free-flowing, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's you know everybody talks and criticises Akpom, but I think he, he did really well against Rotherham. I thought he was fantastic. There was a passage of play where 
Um, he flicked it on to Duncan Watmore, I think it was, and then yeah. uh, it, it went to Niskins Cabana. He sort of shimmied himself, um, laid it off for Conor Malley, and then he probably saw the, the headlines in his eyes and uh, his shot was was blocked, unfortunately. But, yeah, it was it was good to see us. I mean, that won't happen again, let's be honest. Neil Warnock's way is, is hit the ball along trying to get it upfield um, as, as quickly as possible. But it, it was good to see that, and I do want to see Borough play like that, I'm 100% with you in one in possession based football, and and that that was that was what we saw against see, Rotherham. See, possessions top, away. Top, dog, top dogs with possession. We oh. we were the leading team in, in in the rankings in terms of possession that game week. So well, we've absolutely thrown yeah. Jonathan Woodgate's quarter. Of, it's a lot harder to play against ten men anyway. Well, he did <laughs> he did back that up because he did get beat off Brentford at the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But Tom. Connor Malley, uh, I appreciate that Grant Hall went off injured and it might have been a, it was probably a blessing in disguise really because it was a man of the match performance for him uh, for, for Malley but he was nicknamed Skulls by his peers um, which is very, very, I don't know, what's probably the best, it's over exaggerated especially when he's only played what 60-70 minutes of uh, professional football but it was a very bright debut wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him kind of involved in the, in the last couple of uh, games for sure um he, he just he looked it, it's similar to when we saw Hayden Hackney uh against Brentford he just he didn't look out of place he looked like he'd be uh, belong there he had a decent range of passing uh looked strong and able to kind of cope with uh with their centre midfield um shame he didn't get kind of too much more time yesterday but I thought I thought he did really well and personally after having him in my team the last couple of years on football manager I'm I'd, <laughs> Happy to see that. I just want to see him banging screamers like he does in the game as well. Is that is that the new Borough Breakdown bingo? I mentioned a footy manager from Tom. <laughs> Possibly, yes. It has to be. I think, yeah. I think it is. I think well, it has to be. I'm just going to throw one out there and say it's interesting that so someone has to take a shot. That's two in one there. There you go. <laughs> two in one there. <laughs> I did that on purpose because I know Michael has to take a shot now for, uh, just for me saying that. But Tom, were you surprised not to see Conor Malley in the start of 11 at the, at the weekend? Just given that he was one of the match in the previous game, you think that momentum would want to be there with him? Yeah, but I mean, uh, at the same time, he, he only kind of really came into that game because of uh, Hall's injury, and obviously Hall made it back for for the game uh, yesterday, um, sporting a fantastic new headband, uh, very very Alan St. Maximum of, of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can understand why he wasn't uh, in the squad. I thought he'd have got a little bit more time than he did, um, but I, I can understand Hall coming back into the team because I mean he, he is kind of vital at, at centre back at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I thought he'd have got a bit more time than than he did. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but I think with with the likes of Mali and with the likes of Corburn, I think it's I think it's important that Borough manage these players accordingly and try to drip feed the minutes in. Um, I know it can be very easy for for fans to to say that these academy players need to play as many games as possible all the time to try and develop, but my opinion on that's changed. I think when you see the likes of Phil Forden come through, now and appreciate he is a a different kettle of fish to what we've currently got, but him being around world-class players, him developing within the best coach in the world, I think that's probably been more beneficial for him in his career uh, rather than what we would see with the likes of Mali and... uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just going to say we, we've we've had some examples in the last few years of, of players kind of being brought in too fast. Um, you know, there, there was a game I think it was under Pulis where Tav was on. I think it was against Leeds anyway. 
Tav was on, he just got absolutely bullied in that game, uh, and he ended up going out on loan to MK Dons, I think, for, for the rest of that season. Um, I, th- I think you, you do have to pick and choose when, when you're playing these these players. Um, yeah, I, I, I think yesterday I thought it would be the, the other way around with mm. Corburn and, and Mali, the, the minutes they were, they were getting. I'm delighted to see Corbin playing as long as he did and, and scoring everything, but definitely agree with what you just said there. Like um, they, they do need to be playing, but you, you have to kind of Manage pick it. your moments to, to play them. Yeah, it could be a massive confidence thing uh, for these type of players, but we'll come on to that a little bit later on in the show when we start talking about academy players. But Dana, um, I'm going to come back to you, on, and I want to chat about Fletcher and Britt because Neil Warnock released a statement on Wednesday saying that Britt and Fletcher are no longer part of Millsborough's plans and now they are free to leave and do whatever they want. And now it looks like Britt could potentially be be signing for Rangers, which is crazy to see that like, he'll, he'll be playing Champions League football next year. Um, but are you surprised with the exclusion of both players, especially especially Fletcher? No, I think the writing's been on the wall for Britt for quite some time. And then Fletcher, I said it a couple of podcasts ago about the fact that he wasn't starting the game against Bournemouth. That was really telling because that game at that point was really important for Borough. And you'd think with Fletcher, especially off the back of last season, that he would be in the, the starting lineup, fit, available, back on the bench. Mm. But he didn't. He didn't start that game, so um, I don't. I don't think it's it's a, it's a surprise. And also, if he's waiting until the end of the season, which he he was and still is, it it doesn't show the commitment there. And yeah. that is a, a big red flag. I think. I think we don't we don't want players that are indecisive whether they want to be here or not. So I'm not surprised to be honest on on either of them. Yeah, well, with his comments on on Saturday, saying it was like a breath of fresh air and the change rooms a lot better. Um, <laughs> Do you think he's trying to shift a lot of the blame to Britt and Fletcher being these supposed bad eggs? The click. The, the clique. Um, I don't know, <laughs> the maybe. Girl gang. Maybe. I, I don't know what goes on in the dressing room, but it is a clean slate now, isn't it, for Boris? Surely we've got to bring in somebody yeah. that is, is going to be a goal scorer without feeling like it's pulling teeth trying to get us to score goals. And mm. it, it presents a massive opportunity for Boris to bring somebody in um, that will just, I don't know, hopefully not on big bucks like Britt and Fletcher. Um, and it can do the business for us because, my God, we're long overdue a goal scorer, aren't we? <laughs> Since Bernie Slim. <laughs> the good old Ayrson Park. The good old Ayrson Park. That was last time Boris had a 20-goal-a-season strike, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and, but, Tom, do you think this completely shuts the door now? It's all done and dusted for Britt and Fletcher. Fl- uh, I nearly said Brett. Who's Brett? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, for, for Britain Fletcher now done and dusted no turning back all yeah. done yeah. yeah absolutely I think like Dana said the writing's been on the wall for, for Brit for a while and reading some of the stuff uh, that's been said uh, about Fletcher you know uh, Warnock's in they made him a, fabul- a, a fabulous offer yeah. fabulous well, extremely, extremely good offer, and it's and very, extreme. very Tony Pulis. I was thinking fabulous. I was thinking that a very fair offer, um, and, and the Gazette had mentioned it as well. Considering he hadn't barely kicked the ball for six months, absolutely. Yeah. We've we've done a lot for Fletcher. Um, I think he, he was, you know, nowhere near kind of being the player he is now when he first signed for us. Um, we've kind of put up with a lot of bad form. You know, he's went out to Sunderland, regained confidence. Absolutely. Uh, came back here, he's regained confidence, started developing into the player that that we thought he, he should be and then yeah, he's he's decided to kind of not commit and, and say, you know, I'll I'll wait till the end of the season to see what our options are. 
uh, I, I think, yeah, it's like Turner said, that's a massive red flag. You know, you've developed a player like that, done so much for him, and then at the end of the season, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I might see if I can go anywhere better. It's it's a bit of a slap in the face to him, so I, I don't blame him for, for kind of shutting the door on him and, and kind of taking it out of his hands. Are you disappointed in the way it's turned out with those players? With Fletcher especially. Um <laughs> See, I'm like a... <laughs> Really disappointed in you. Really, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. But um, with with Brit, you know, um, he, he's. I've stuck up for him a, a lot on the podcast, but he's not looked interested since January, um, and and even kind of before then, he he, he wasn't great. Um, with Fletcher, you, I think when you sign both of them. If it got to this point, uh, and and you knew that in a few years you you were going to lose them both for a free, you'd have been more uh, yeah. upset about losing Brett on a free than you would have been Fletcher. And now I think it's kind of the, the other way around. I think Fletcher has the the potential, and and Brett, you're just kind of like, oh, right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it, it is disappointing. But like Dana said, it uh, it presents an opportunity to to bring someone else in um, who, who can maybe get the fans behind them a bit more. Yeah, I want to throw the same. Uh, question to you, Denny. Would you echo what, what Tom was saying there? Is it is a more disappointment with the likes of Fletcher rather than Britt? Um, I think it's disappointing for both of them, especially when you consider how much we spent on them. Twenty-two million plus wages. You're talking probably about forty million over the the, the cost of the contracts, really. Yeah, and then leaving for free. I mean, that's probably the most disappointing thing. Ultimately, they'll probably both be, or could both be. Um, you could say they've been fa- like failure signings because at the end of the day they were brought in to fire Borough back into the Premier League and mm. they haven't done that. I mean, that's not, obviously not all their fault. But at the same time, that's why we paid the money for them and it's just not materialising. I mean, obviously it has been disappointing. We've got one good season out of Fletcher, which is a massive shame. Brit, one in three striker. But for both of them, I think their time at the club has, has gone down like a lead balloon. Yeah, and it's it's a massive shame to be honest because I think you're spot on there, Dan. I think that they could have been the strikers that were going to get us to the Premier League again, and we threw, I say we threw a lot of money at it to try and get there, but it just never really materialised. And it comes back down to like the whole process and like the the culture of the club, and then also like the philosophy and the style and the, you know what we want to try and play and the identity that we want to be. Those players are brought in because they were Gary Monk signings, want to play a Gary Monk style of football. Three or four months down the line, Gary Monk's gone. Tony Pulis is in. Ashley Fletcher is not a Tony Pulis signing. Neither is Britt. And then they've had to adapt their game to different managers for mm. the likes of Tony Pulis, who they didn't fit. Jonathan Woodgate never worked out for whatever reason. didn't work out. And now you've got Neil Warnock. And Britt has went from a striker who would always play, you know, he wouldn't play back to goal. He'd be pretty much in around the box. He'd be if he facing the goal majority of the time, mm. but he'll play on I'll play on the side. But now he's playing back to back to goal, trying to hold the ball up, which wasn't really his style. And Fletcher's again. I don't think we've play, really played the strengths. I think when you look at the likes of Akpom on on Wednesday night against against Rotherham, we it's crazy what happens when you play to the strengths and get the ball down. <laughs> yeah. And we've been saying for months on this podcast that if we get the ball in, low crosses yeah. cause problems, and we'll. And we should, you know, we'll probably score more goals, to be honest. Yeah, that that was the thing about the Rotherham game as well. I mean, I'd love to know statistically how many of our crosses were low crosses, but it seemed as though that was the plan to get the ball along the floor, and we scored from it. So, you know, that we we have been saying all season, haven't we, that we need to 
we need to put crosses in the ball like that uh, in the crosses, box like crosses cr- in the ball <laughs> crosses in the box. box like that because we just don't have the height yeah we, well, we don't and it'd be interesting to see what we do in the transfer window in the, in the summer whether we bring in a, a uh, the Cardiff City striker was it Glatz- Glatzel. 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 Glatzel, yeah. He's got a hat trick against us, didn't he, for Heidenheim in the uh, pre season a couple of seasons ago? got beat like 6 1 or something. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. <laughs> the right was on the wall, wasn't it, really, with, with that? But um, let's chat about Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. And it was uh, Tom for 70 minutes yesterday. It wasn't really a good spectacle, was it? It wasn't the probably the best of games, but how would you uh, assess the game? Yeah, well, it wasn't the best, but I, I, I still think it we were... Uh, well, you're right, it wasn't the best, mate. <laughs> it wasn't the best at all. I, I, I still think we looked kind of uh, good value for it. I, I didn't think... Personally, I didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, looking at the replays, I didn't really? think there was a, a lot of contact. Okay. Obviously, it was a bit of a, a clumsy tackle. We, we've seen it before when, when players kind of um, you know swing the leg for the ball and then kind of back out for it straight away, but I didn't think there was a lot of contact at all. Um, but I, I I did think uh, going into half time it should only be one nil, um, and and then obviously we we did pick up a bit in, in the second half. Uh, Corburn came on, got that second, and yeah, we we picked up a bit a bit a bit, bit more from uh, from then. So yeah, not not the best of games, but we'll take the three points and kind of happy happy with that that game yesterday. I think. Um, Based on the on the season before, I would have liked it to have been four one as well. That's what I tweeted. I was I was waiting yeah. for the fourth goal to go in. We need to score it. I think with, with Savile, I was waiting to be avenged from that because that game. I mean, me and you met at halftime, didn't we? We, did, we yeah. could not believe that. Such an awful game. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was to Gary Monk as well. It was against Gary Monk. Yeah, we were three 0 down in the first fifteen minutes, wasn't it? And they're all headers from the back post, <laughs> and then you everyone's looking at Dyke Steele and they go, "Well, why have we bought him for? Why is, why have we paid?" Probably 1.5 to 2 million for Anthony Dykesdale. He can't even jump. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it would have been nice to probably get the, the the four goals, to be honest. And Neil Warnock said we should have been three or four nil up and like, before half time. And he said that about 36 times this season. So it's uh, yeah. if we if if we scored the if we scored the chances we would have been we would have scored about 200 goals this year. Um, <laughs> but Tom, how is it, how important is it for Bora to to keep winning these games now? Get back on the ladder and try and build momentum for the next season. I think it is quite important. Um, something I've noticed over the last couple of games, and I, I don't know if this is kind of going back to the breath of fresh air comment, it's a lot more smiles on the pitch. And I, I don't know if that's because there's like less pressure as well. But it, it's good to see. Um, good to see like people actually going out and, and enjoying it now. Um, you know, If we can do the same thing against uh, Luton and Wickham, uh, finish the season on a high, go into pre-season on a high, and then come out of it, hopefully also on a high, um, <laughs> then, you know, it, it might mean we can start next season kind of pretty well. Um, and, you know, if, if everything's right what we're hearing and we are going for automatic promotion or, or playoffs next season, it, it's going to be needed. I think we only talked about it a couple of weeks ago that we need that consistency. The teams at the top don't have, like, a lot of dips in form. So, you know, uh, I think if we can just keep... <laughs> I mean, it sounds sound simple, but keep winning as much as possible. <laughs> keep keep morale up. Than... Straight from the Michael Owen book. <laughs> Look, lads, if we score more goals than them, <laughs> going to win many a lot of games this season. <laughs> yeah, just keep keep morale up, keep keep winning. Have, have that kind of winning mentality, then yeah, you you going into uh, next season, um, you know, good value for money. Yeah, I can actually to be fair, to be fair, Tom, when you're saying about the smile on the face, I can, I, yeah, it does look like more of a, a more 
harmonic dressing room, doesn't it? But yeah. with, with the wins and when we when we've beat the likes of um, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, we should be beating those teams. Or to be honest, I don't want to get too carried away. But if we want to be a team that challenges, we have to beat the teams below us. And unfortunately, we haven't done enough of that probably this year to to warrant a place in, in the playoffs. But I heard a rumor that uh, Neil Warnock was, oh. bring, was bringing in Cor- oh. was bringing in Korean chips Saturdays, Dana, um, <laughs> and it's for Yannick Balassi. Um, look, Yannick, three goal, uh, three goals, three assists. Now he's your best pal. So you having Korean chips every weekend now. And if I know Yannick's listening to this, so Yannick, if you ever fancy doing an interview with Korean chips with Dana, but the curry gets hotter is, and hotter. Is he interviewing the Korean chips? Is he joking? Well, I think. Well, with you, Dana, I'm thinking. Do you know what? We, we'll have like Korean chips, right? And we'll, the, the curry will get hotter and hotter after every question. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. To be honest, I, I don't know if it'll work. Yeah, but. that's a feature. We can we can do that, maybe. Well, well maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing but it. I'm but throwing. it has to be from the Mackham and the Burger Van. Okay, yeah. On the leeway. On the leeway. But yeah, but Yannick's never seen this, so it's... He'll never fully know. He'll <laughs> never fully know what you're on about to go No, he won't. But yeah, the Korean chips thing's fantastic. It's a friendship that I didn't think we needed. But um, <laughs> apart from the Korean chips, Dana, how, have you been impressed with his performances of late? He's starting to look like that Premier League asset that we thought we bought uh, in January. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's it's been a, an absolute joy to watch him. To be honest, because yep. in a footballing world full of mercenaries. Be more Yannick. That's how like, I love Yannick. Like, be more Yannick. I mean, you can tell he can just... We give, can we please bring out his shirt today and be more Yannick? <laughs> can do, yeah. Go, let's go for it. But, no, it's good to see, because obviously he had that time out. He was training in his back garden, I think, at Evan. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's good to see him just out there and enjoying football and playing really well. Um, I just wish that he can play in front of a somewhat full-ish uh, Riverside Stadium next yeah. season, hopefully. But yeah, he's, he's been fantastic and, um, you know, deserved his goal yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting where people say, yeah, we haven't played a full of a full Riverside. I don't think anyone's played a full, full Riverside <laughs> oh, no. all the time yet, to be honest. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on, Dan. I think you're absolutely spot on. He's uh, He's been very, very good in the last few games. I really enjoyed the press for the for the first goal yesterday, where you know he he leaped he, he leapt on the the bad touch and he managed to get a shot away and you know he he should have probably had two but you know with with Duncan Watmore channeling his inner David Nugent <laughs> and firing home from three centimeters um, he could have had two but it was good from Yannick there as well actually yeah. because you know he, he got up well he's like a salmon isn't he yeah he's like a salmon but a great leap on him yeah do you think it's we've said it for the last couple of weeks or do you think it is unrealistic that we can potentially bring Yannick Balassi in on more on a permanent deal next year. Well, Neil Warnock said that he sort of hopes to bring him back. I don't know financially whether Borough can do that, but I would like to see both he, him and, and Neeskins <clears throat> stay next season. I think Neeskins the past couple of games has also been fantastic and yeah, I would well hopefully we can we can see Yannick uh back at the Riverside next season because um I, I would like to see more of him. I, I still don't think that um we're seeing the full Yannick Balassi. Although he's he's been good of late, I don't think we're seeing the full um the full Yannick. So hopefully we can see him next season. The full Yannick, the full Monty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see him do his swipe in real life. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch it too many times on the T V, I I want that experience. Yeah, it's it's it'd be great to to bring him in, and I think financially, as much as we want him want him to, uh, it, it it could be hard to probably bring him in. You know what I mean? Like 
when you see the likes of Sheffield United coming down and they're linked with Jakanovic and you think, well, that's kind of a Yannick Balassi manager to work with, do you know what I mean? Who's someone who's very free flowing attacking football. I feel like and with the wages that they'll have as well, it's like financially you could probably see him move on. But if he wants to stay, I'm, I'm more than happy to pay for his Korean chips for a whole season if he wants to do it. <laughs> I'll chip in as well. <laughs> You'll chip in. <laughs> I like how we're streaming on Facebook now, so like when people have seen us point at each other, that <laughs> job. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll, me- we'll meme that. We'll meme that, yeah. It's kind of like a Spider-Man meme as well, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I missed this last week. Uh, see, you did. But, and well, Yannick did say that we, me and Tom missed you and we were saying the car we didn't. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> we'll bring Dave in. It's all right, Dave. Yeah, we were, so we'll just bring him on. But um, Tom, we'll talk about uh, Josh Corburn then because a player who has scored 11 goals for the under-18s this year, um, obviously, and he scored his first Borough goal uh, in his home debut. And, he's you know, he's big, strong, a bit of a Neil Warnock signing, but... How impressed were you with, with Josh Corbin? Is it, you know, it's a great header. It absolutely brilliant. It shows resilience to get the header away. But overall, I thought it was just nice to see one of our strikers score header this season, to be honest. <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> I mean, we've said so many times, like, the ball goes, like, about a foot over everyone's head. And we're like, oh, Brit still hasn't grown a foot since last week. It's nice to have someone with that height who's just like, yeah, I can get that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I thought he did well. He's, uh, you, know, you know, like you said, quite quite strong, could hold the ball up well. Uh, yeah. Won a decent couple of headers. Um, happy to see him get the, get the goal as well. Um, I'd like to see him given a bit more of a chance in the the next couple of games. Uh, obviously, he got around half an hour yesterday, I think it was. Um, maybe give him a half or like a full game against Wickham or something, just to kind of see what he can do. Obviously, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about you're going to kind of uh, drip feed it and, and picky moments and stuff. But we've got nothing, nothing to lose in the last two games, so... May as well kind of give him a go. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that he he he's a player that we thought Rudy Gustav would be um, in the in the box. And oh, he's injured already. He's injured already. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I was just about to say, like with, with him, you know, leaping up and leaping up, getting a great header away. He looks very, very promising on the ball as well. And when we brought Rudy Gustav in a few seasons ago, we actually thought, oh yeah, he's going to be someone who's in the box. You know, we're getting the get on the crosses that we're going, uh, getting in, and you never know, he might be a decent signer for us. But I feel like he, it sounds it sounds like an insult comparing to Rudiger Stead a little bit. But it's like it, it's kind of you know what I mean. He's, he's kind of the player we we want him to be. Um, but then how would how would you assess it? Do you think that we should look to probably play him in the in the remaining games? Oh, definitely in the remaining games. Yeah, I mean, he came on and he he did make an impact, didn't he? They were saying it on the the commentary that he just provided a focal point for us. And absolutely. He had five aerial duels yesterday and won four of them, so you can't really complain with that, can you? It was uh, it was a really good performance from him. It was it was great to see and, and sort of going on to your point um, about the smiles on the faces. It was good to see them all celebrating with him because you could tell that they were genuinely delighted for him. And um, hopefully that's the first of many goals for Josh Colburn in, in a brochure. He was compared to Harland uh, by I his saw peers. That. Um, we've so we've had scores for Mali and Harland for, for Colburn. Um, what next? Future looks bright. I know, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I have to start wearing sunglasses when I go to Riverside because our future's so bright. There you go. Yeah, I can start putting put those on, yeah. Um, but with the Academy players dinner, we've seen the likes of Mali, Hackney, Falarin, Jones, uh, Burrell. Uh, we've seen Corburn as well now. Um, 
all the players that have come through the system this year, and, and it's brilliant to see from a fan's perspective because we, this is what we kind of want. We want to see these players, you know, get minutes and represent the town. And obviously, we've got Cocolo, and we've also got uh, Robinson to come in. And I'm, I'm another names escape me, but um, but with the players that are coming through, how important is it that we remain patient with these players, especially now that you know I've seen articles already saying that he like. Um, I'm going to name up Craig, but I seen the article of <laughs> from what Craig wrote, and he was saying that he could be like the future of Millsborough centre forward and stuff like that. Should we hold our no, horses? No, patience. <laughs> do, do, do you think we should be a bit more patient with them? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we all want to see a team that involves poor youngsters, um, and a lot of them at that. I think you know, go back to the the, the team of nineteen eighty six. That was your know, prime example of that, and everybody sort of holds that team in in high regard because of. Um, how many local lads are in there, how many committed uh, local lads are in there. So I suppose at the back of every Borough fan's mind, we want to see that again. And every time a youngster comes through, I do feel as though the pressure and the expectation is amped up and up and up. And we need to keep it to a a reasonable degree because Josh Coburn is 18 years old. Um, When Tav came through, um, one of the biggest criticisms that I had of him was that he played within himself. I don't think that, you know, he certainly wasn't the tablet we see now that's incredibly confident and energetic. He seemed like he lacked confidence and self-belief. Um, and then obviously he went to MK Dons and I think that served him really well. So these young players will go through peaks and troughs. I, I don't want to see them go through these troughs at Borough because I think yeah. it's just a pressure cooker. Um, and we have expectations of them that I think are maybe a little bit too much, quite naturally, mm-hmm. because we want them to be something. So we sort of convince ourselves yeah. that they will be. Um, but I think it's important that we get them out on loan so that they can go through those peaks and troughs <laughs> at a club where there's, you know, the, the pressure is lessened a little bit. Yeah, is there any you'd keep for, for, for next year? Because like, like I was saying, I said on Twitter to to Jake who listens to the, the podcast, and I said that my, obviously, and I said at the start of the show, my opinions changed that there should be some players, maybe one or two that you do keep round and you keep it within like the you keep them with the training, the, the the first team and training, and try to develop them, give them small minutes here and there. Can you see that, like maybe like Mali or Corbin potentially doing that? I suppose it depends on our business in the window. Um, if we can't bring in a couple of strikers, I wouldn't be surprised to see Corburn because he's he's 18, isn't he? So he'll be, I think he was introduced into the under-23s this season. Um, so he might be one where you see him in the under-23s and then stepping up to the bench if, if need be. But I don't know, I kind of... It's a weird one because with players like Mali who are 21, that is usually a make-or-break sort of year. It's it's either the year where they break into the first team and sort of try to establish themselves, or it's where they go out on loan, or it's where they leave. Mm. Uh, ben Little, prime example, when you were talking to, to Craig on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, I think... Oh, I don't know, it's... The squad is quite thin, especially with the players that are going to leave um, in the summer. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some of them involved and sort yeah. of brought into the, the fold. But I don't know. I can't really name drop any. I mean, to be fair, Mali looked really um, confident and, and good on the ball against Rotherham. I think Hayden Hackney similar against Brentford earlier on in the season. So I don't think that it would be the worst idea in the world to keep them in the team. But I would prefer them to go out on loan. Okay, well, with with that then, um, you've got to let them go out on loan dinner and probably take the pressure off for fans, Tom. Um, are you wary that we could overhype them too soon? Like I think we've, I know I just mentioned it there about the the article around uh, Corbin, but when you think of the likes of Tav, Wing, Spence, Coulson, Nathan Wood, 
Um, it's crazy that I'm reeling off all these names, by the way, and they've all came through the system over the last couple of years, so it's credit to where credit's due because we are bringing quite a lot of players through. But um, they become the target very, very quickly. Um, so you're a little bit wary on how we've positioned these players already, even though they've just played very low minutes of football. Yeah, definitely. I think it does need kind of some perspective. I mean, Coburn's look pretty good, but he's looked pretty good over like half an hour of, of football. We don't want to put too much pressure on him. Like we see it quite a lot. I think with like we seem to bring through an abundance of strong centre backs and all the time. It's like yeah, they're going to be future Borough captain, future England captain. <laughs> don't think that's that's happened too many times. Um, <laughs> centre backs like, will have a statue outside the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've had other ones like everyone's been calling for for Tav to be in the team for the last couple of seasons, and when he's got in there, like. The form hasn't always been there. It's something that's had to be built up. Lewis Wing, when he came through, he stood out as one of the only attacking midfielders in the Tony Pulis team, yeah, which absolutely. isn't hard to do if you're an attacking midfielder in a Tony Pulis <laughs> team. You're the only one there who's trying to I do mean, something. To, to, be fair with Tony, to be fair with Tony Pulis, mate, he had like what? He had eight outfielders, one attacking midfielder, and one centre forward and hope mm. for the best. Mm. I. Um, John Hugel running down the wing and knocking the ball into <laughs> an empty box and everyone else in our own half. <laughs> More Bessage playing right wing back or right mid was the thing that I didn't think I needed to see and then I found out I definitely never needed to see it because <laughs> it was absolutely dreadful. The but, spinning top that is Mo Bessage. <laughs> we, we've, all, we've also had like, um, you know, a left backs coming through, Joe Bennett, Andrew Taylor and then Hayden Coulson and then you're like, oh, this guy's going to be great. He's just like getting forward all the time. And then, you know, a few things will go wrong. Uh, he'll be at fault for a few goals and then it, people getting on his back. So, yeah, I think it, it's it's one that we need to kind of ease expectations. Um, thinking about it, you, you'd hope Coburn ends up being the future of Borough Strikers because when was the last time we brought through a good striker? Danny Graham. I was thinking yeah. that, yeah. Danny Graham. And when Danny Graham scored, he got knocked out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> was that against Charlton? It was against Charlton, yeah. yeah? It was. Um, yeah, and I, I remember like Pigbag just going off and like <laughs> Tony Graham's just laying there flat. Oh, he, he, I mean, he, he was coming through at like the same same time Hasselbank, Viduka, and Yakuba were yeah. attack, uh, attacking options. He didn't really have much of a chance. And then you look at everyone who's been hyped up to the next big striker since then. It's been like Tom Craddock, Ben Hutchinson, who scored a few goals, then went to Celtic, then disappeared. Um, Steve Walker's going through it now. Steve Walker, very, yeah, very much hyped up, and then Bradley Fuster at Bradley one point Fuster, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he scored against York, wasn't it? Preseason friendly mm. in two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, yeah two thousand and fourteen. So you'd hope Corbin's going to be the exception to the rule on on that, and you know we we only seen him from a limited time, but he does look good. Um, so yeah, it's his expectations. Hope for the best from him. He, he might need to go out on loan and develop a little bit before he's kind of uh, seriously in and around the squad. But I think it, it, it's just all about what's best for for his development at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when you think of the likes of of Jed, um, he's he's been a victim of his own success from last year, really, because when he came through. I remember when we said on the podcast before, I was like, oh, where's Jed Spence? And then you played the next game. So what we'll get was clearly listening. Um, but with with Jed, he was very, very good last year. And everyone was like, oh, he could be getting he could be getting a move to Tottenham. Uh, there was talk about a £10 million bid for him coming in. And, you know, when, he go, when, when these players do go back over, we're a lot more aggressive to these, these players because we've seen what they can do. And then when they're not doing it week in, week out, that's when the... 
not I would say not the, the abuse, but like that's where like the like the you know, mass people get the mass criticism the comes yeah. from. Yeah, and it, it's difficult. I think I think with Jed, like he just needs. Pro- if I was him, I'd I'd look to get time away probably next year just to try and get your comments back up and go again. But he's he's still got talent, and I would I would definitely want to feature him a little bit more. But yeah, this season he hasn't has been as great as he as he as he was. But with the players that we've mentioned over the last few minutes, um, how would you guys look to integrate them into the team for the remaining two games? Would you just go all out and play the academy players, or would you look to try and give them a couple of minutes here and there? Because Neil Warnock seems very reluctant to to put these players in at the moment. I would I would probably echo what Neil like Neil Warnock's approach. I think. Yesterday was a good game for for Corbett, probably more so than Akpom actually, because I think it was it had that physical edge. Um, but I don't I don't know I don't think we should throw them into the deep end. Although the pressure is off because all the games are dead rubbers now, um, and have been for the past couple of weeks. But I don't know it it depends on how the players themselves deal with it, what their mentality is yeah. like. I'm sure they would love to just go out and play football and get those senior minutes. Um, under their belt, but I suppose it depends on the game, the type of the game. You, had, you know, Mali played. Um, it was brought on against Rotherham because Neil Warnock said he's comfortable on the ball. He had more space because Matt Crooks got sent off, and we had a man advantage. So I suppose it's picking and choosing what what game's best for them. Um, I mean, obviously, I would love. He hasn't got many games left, like. But. <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah, true. I mean, I would like to see them start, but I don't know. They're dead rubbers, to be fair. So you probably could, but. Like you've just mentioned there, if 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 they have a bad game, people might get on their backs. I think they got got on um, Ben Liddle's back when he played against Spurs, and that was against Spurs. So yeah, it's all right, Ben. You're only playing against the you know the Champions League finalists, <laughs> but since you, since you're not turning uh, Sissoko and Lamella out on the limb, then you're not good enough, are you? Um, but but Tom, would you echo the same things? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's about picking and choosing um, the, from the couple of games we have left. Luton next week, yes, both teams have no uh, nothing to play for, but Luton are a good team and they're quite a physical team, uh, which, you know, a, a few kicks to, to the younger players, like when, when they're in a game against Luton, heads could go down. Um, so you'd maybe look at that one and think maybe not there. I know Warnock's mentioned about giving Solber in a game. Uh, personally, I think that'll come against Wickham. Um, I, I, f- I think um, look, looking at a, a few other seasons where like it comes to the last game of the season and we we do see it as a as an opportunity to to give these young players a game. I, f- I think one we spoke about last week, uh, Doncaster when Adam Reach came on, mm. uh, got his first ball goal. I'm pretty sure it was someone else young made the the debut uh, in that game as well. I can't really remember. I, I, f- I think that's that's probably the game to do it. You know. Um, Again, both teams have nothing to play for. Wickham were already down, um, so just give them a little bit of time in that game. I think um, that's a good point, actually. Because do you remember that Sheffield Wednesday game at the end of the two thousand twelve thirteen season? That's when Ben Gibson played. Christian Burgess started as well, I think, or at least made oh. a, an appearance. So there was a couple of players in that game that got senior starts, mm. or their first senior starts, or one of the first senior starts. Yeah, um, so we'll move on to questions then because this segues quite nicely. And um, Joseph and it was Bore Attacking Exploit as well on, on Twitter. And they said about Corburn, we've pretty much reeled it off anyway, but we'll come back to it. Um, he says, Do you put Corburn in our plans for next season or send him out on loan? I could see him being very useful off the bench personally. So, Corburn, send him out on loan or would you have him in the team next year? I'd have him out on loan if possible. 
on loan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, no more, uh, no elaboration on that, but very easy <laughs> answer. Uh, right, next question is from Charlie. He says, do you think it's a worry that Warnock doesn't seem to believe if you're good enough, you're old enough, as he wants to send the youngsters out already without giving them a chance to properly prove themselves for first team uh, next season? I know it's early, but they do look capable. Tom, uh, what do you think? Do you think that it, it's it's a worry that Warnock doesn't see uh, the, guy, the players already yet? I mean... Neil Wong sees these players every day, right? Yeah, I, I think that that's what adds kind of echo. You know, he's the one who sees them in training every every day, and we've seen them for half an hour in in a game, or you know, around an hour in in Mali's case. Uh, we've not got that much to to judge them on, um, and I, I do agree with with the way he's done it. You know, we we discussed it earlier, like when you know Tav came off off a uh, start against Leeds, I think it was, and then got bullied and had to go out on loan and. You know, we've had that with with players in the past, like, and we've seen it seen it this year as well, where heads can go down if they're on a bit of bad form. They need the need to develop the the mental toughness to kind of deal with those uh, peaks and troughs. So, yeah, uh, I I think he's he's right with this one, to be honest. Okay, um, so the next question it's from Pete. Oh, I think. No, Charlie sent me another one, sorry. Um, he said, do you think that the youngsters may struggle uh, more with the fans in the stadium adding the pressure on them, Dana? Depends on their mentality. Um, some people just sort of take it in their stride and some people crumble, so I don't know, it depends. Um, Borough fans are an incredibly passionate bunch and Borough fans also seem to hate when we're in possession of the ball <laughs> for some reason, but um, I don't know, it, it depends on, on the mentality of the players, I think. They might thrive on it or they might crumble under it. It it really does depend on the player, I think. Yeah, It's interesting, that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Uh, I, I was about to start talking and, and then you did. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned this um, last week as well about um, Steve Walker when he, he missed a... I can't remember who it was against, but he, he, he missed a pretty decent chance at the Riverside and then the, all the noise around it was just that like massive... Oh, <laughs> and it just it does depend on their mentality. It's how you're going to handle like hearing that after you miss a chance. Really, yeah. I think personally, if I heard that, I'd absolutely crumble for the rest of the game. So, mm. but then you're gonna have some uh, some people with kind of better composure and 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 you know mental attributes to to handle that better. With with those, it's you hit the nail on the head, Dana. With with the can they handle it mentally? If you have you can have all the ability in the world, but if you if your mental toughness is just not there. When th- fans are getting on your back, when you do have a bad pass, you'll crumble very, very easily, um, and you probably won't make it to the top. I think with these players, that they have to um, really show the toughness next year. Um, appreciate it's, it's a little bit different now from when, when the uh, the old the old some days where you didn't have social media. Um, like now, when, well, see now what we do, and it's a very big part of the game now, and everyone having an opinion online. These players have to try and. Like balance this very, very carefully. Um, but with the players, it's like you said, Dana. It, it's all on them. Like if they, if they, if you truly, truly want it, and you want to prove that you can be the best player in the championship, or the, probably a Premier League player, go out and do it. Go out and do it. Because I think the, the players, you can, like I said, you can have all the ability in the world, but if they don't have the drive to do it, then they don't deserve to be where where they are. Mm. Um, but it, do we send them out on loan? Some of them. I'll, I think majority of them, yeah, like the likes of Falarin, Jones, um, Burrell, um, the likes of probably would Coulson work with a loan next year, potentially. 
Um, Jed could go out on loan, but it also, you know, Boris signings. Can we bring players in? I don't know. <laughs> but speaking of, can we bring <laughs> players in? Um, Peter sent us a question, Tom, and he says, how much of a transfer budget do you realistically, realistically think we'll have next year without the financial takeover? <laughs> um, I, I, I couldn't even kind of speculate on, on an exact number, but all I would think is that we're probably going to be in a healthier position than we were at the start of this season. Um, it seems like the season ticket drive is going a bit more positively this year with you know the potential of fans being back in the stadiums at the start of next season. We'll hopefully be able to bring in kind of uh, gate revenue from from matches, and then you've also got to think, uh, you know, we're, we're getting the wages of like Britton Fletcher uh, off the books as well. So I, I still think, um, and this is going back to a couple of weeks ago when we did our transfer uh, lists. I still think we'd be looking more at kind of cheaper slash free transfers, but I think we'd be able to get quite a few more of them from having more of a wage budget. Yeah. Yeah, that's as easy as that really isn't. It? I think with 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 Britain with Fletcher going, it does open up a lot for us. And but if if you do bring in Balassi and Balassi's got high wages, Cabano's got quite big wages as well. And you think oh, we've replaced them straight away, and now we're in the same position that we were last year. Um, but Dana, realistically, what do you think Borough will do? I think we'll have Monopoly money and a chocolate coin. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have but no, I, I agree I think it'll be probably free agents and you know I wouldn't be surprised if we throw it threw it back to you know the Italk Ranger days where we brought in um, Premier League loan players like we had Carlos Bamford uh, Shalabar Omaru Carlos from Chelsea obviously we had Ryan Fredericks from from Spurs I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that um, uh, come up again mm. Daniel Chalabar, what what a sign, what a throwback. He was and Kenneth a good Romero player. as well, what a throwback. There was some good signs. Remember when like was the, was that the year Samuel Miobi came in? Or was it the year before? Amiobi was a Mowbray signing. Yeah, Samuel Miobi. He looked like a he looked like a world beater in that like one game against Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, he, he didn't have an assist after. Um, classic Borough. But then the final question, Tom, you're going to absolutely love this question, mate. And it's from <laughs> Phil, um, and he says, "What are you hoping for in terms of next season's kit?" Uh, we all love the white band, but it seemed to do better when our shirts are plain red, e.g. Uh, 2016. Uh, he said 2004, but 2004 was the, the white band, I believe, and it was the, the collar as well. That was the all four, five, I think it was 2003, I think yeah, you mean. Carlin Cup winners. 2003, 2004. Yeah, 2004. That's absolutely spot on. So go on then, Tom. You do love a kit. Um, yeah, I've got quite a strong opinion on this one, but it's nothing to do with the shirt. <laughs> do, you want me to, do you want me to just walk out and then you just like hold the mic for like a couple of hours? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, like, like I say, I, I'm not too fussed on the shirt if it's a white band or kind of plain red or some sort of weird different pattern. Uh, I think... Go on, Tom. Go on. When we play best is when we've got red shorts and red socks as well. Uh, that's my strong opinion on the kit. So whether it's white band or red shirt next year, I don't mind. As long as it's a nice design. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do. I couldn't set you up. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I think next year's kit, red, short, uh, red shorts and red socks. And then the away one. Don't know, something crazy. Something uh, that white and purple one again, just redesigned. Oh, I love that kit. It's my favourite Borough kit, that. really <laughs> it's is. It's one of the best ones, I think. It is, isn't it? It is so underrated. I think it's it's that and that that uh, black sound metal one with the, the white and red for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that's oh, that's, a, that's a really nice one. Yeah, that was two thousand and two thousand and one, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, under Terry Venables and Ryan Robson. Uh, do you know why? I always remember the game against Arsenal. We won three 0 when we. Uh, yeah, well, that's the that's the one I think of when I remember that shit yeah, as well. The two own goals and <laughs> Dean Windass. Yeah, I think Mark oh, Crosley was playing for us that game as well. I remember listening to it on uh, Century <laughs> FM. That's a throwback. <laughs> Dana's like, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> But Dana, um, go on. What, what kit would you like next year in an ideal world? I would like a white band, but I just want to see some pattern and some detail. Some of my favourite Borough kits are, you know, w- with the repeated Borough badge and Transporter Bridge pattern and, and sort of low key on it. Um, I'd like to see that. Just just some pattern. I mean, I said in the group chat earlier, Norwich's kits this season are Bang something him. else because they have pattern on them. <laughs> they have pattern and and um, detail. Um, so yeah, if we have a, a a white band and then red with some sort of some sort of like low key detail on there, that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that there would be nice kits. I'm gonna throw out there as well, and I've put the tweet out a couple of times. But make retro inspired kits. Um, I just think we should go back to retro days. The well, Dickens. they've got it this season, haven't they? With the Throwback to the '95, yeah, '36 season. I feel like we keep going retro. It just, it just works. I think we keep moving forwards as well. So we're moving closer to that white and purple away shirt. I know, yeah, mate. We could actually do it. It'd be. I actually want that shirt back, but I feel like Middlesbrough might go with the uh, the away kit next year. Might be the the green one. Do you know, like the green Dickens one, is it? Oh god, yeah. I think that one could be a could be the shout. You know, I feel like that could be the one. Um, but I agree with you, Tom. I think all all red, all red kit. So. <laughs> no more week. So. See, I don't mind on that. I don't have a preference, really. Next year, just be red and white stripes like yeah. someone won it. <laughs> for, for me, the all red ones like remind me of like our UEFA Cup run and stuff, and yeah. like reds with like white shorts and white socks remind me like when we were under Strachan. So mm. Mm. all red has has better memories. Do you want me to tell you a really underrated kit? The two thousand and six one, where it was like the the dark blue away kit. Can you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. That is a really underrated. I can't remember kit. that one. Can you not remember it? Darkblue888.com. Yeah. All I can remember is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank <laughs> oh, scoring yeah, a dive yeah. netter against yeah. Roma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof, what, what? I was thinking of the blue and black for some reason. Yeah. The blue and black kit that we got relegated in was nice, but we got relegated in it, so, yeah, so you can, it's you automatically can, not you nice. You can never bring it back, can you? <laughs> remember like the white and gold we did kit as well? This season. Oh, that was horrible. That. The white and gold kit wasn't that particularly great, but people might actually really enjoy that kit, so... Who knows? But let's stop reminiscing because the, those were the, goal, the good old glory days. Um, <laughs> but let's chat about Luton. It's sec- uh, the penultimate game of the championship season. There's nothing to play for. Dead rubber. Um, this time, last last time we played Luton away, uh, it was a 3-3 draw. And we thought we were going, Woodgate was taking us on a, on a revolution. And we were going to piss the league and we were going to fly up there. And but, we never did. And we never did. Um, so... Passing over the mic to you guys. Let's let's chat about Luton. Yeah, so they've set up in a four-one-four-one formation uh, over the course of the season, mostly. But in the game against Reading, their last game, which is not the game that they're playing now, um, they played a forty-three-one. They had Tony Clifford and Panzu sitting with Kazenga Lawalawa, John Clark, and Keenan Dewsbury Hall supporting Elia Adebayo up front. Um, and Jewsby Hall is actually one to watch. Um, on loan from Leicester, a, a big favourite amongst the Luton supporters. Uh, he stepped up to Championship level really well this season. Uh, won the hat as Player of the Month in November, December and January. So three months in a row he won the Player of the Month. 
but he ranks high for forward passes, has the most key passes per game in that squad, the second most dribbles per game, um, the second most assists with four, although I think that probably should be should be higher um, with his creativity. <clears throat> but yeah, he's a, he's a big um, a big player and I, I think he's definitely one to watch. But more in terms of their style of play, they're kind of similar to the, the way that we pass the ball. Um, they play... So not much then. no they they play 79 long balls per game compared to our 81 Um, but the difference is in terms of short passes uh, they average 312 compared to our 250 so that's the difference there Um, but James Collins who started the season as their main striker he's dropped down to the bench of late eight times in the last nine games actually Um, and Adebayo who's come in for him uh, appears to be better as the focal point, better with his back to goal. Uh, I was looking at the aerial duels one. Um, Collins has won 36.5% of his aerial duels, whereas Adebayo's um, won 40.5. Mind you, Adebayo's played about half the games that Collins has, so I'll be interested to see how that's um, what that is stretched out through the majority of the season. Um, but yeah, they rely heavily on crosses. They're actually ranked sixth for that in the league. Borough are still first. Um, and most of them come from Dewsbury Hall. So he seems like a, a proper playmaker and definitely one to keep an eye on. I like how the saying crosses because when we went back on this and the, we did a tactical breakdown a few episodes ago when we said about Middlesbrough being more favourable with teams that cross the ball in the box, you never know. We could, we could be playing on our hands a little bit. But Tom, we're going to form and well, yeah, talk to, we'll go to Tom in the studio. Tom. Today I'm coming to you live from Ashton Gate where, <laughs> where uh, Bristol City currently lead Luton by two goals in a lot of half time. Uh, Naki Wells and Nagy. I'm not not sure on a first name there, Adam but they've uh, yeah, Adam they, Nagy, yeah, they've both uh, scored. I mean, it, it seems to be quite a quite an even game based on on the stats at the moment. Possessions uh, split pretty evenly, and shots are split pretty evenly. But Bristol have just taken their chances better there. But before that game, uh, it seems to be a bit of mixed form for for Luton really. Nil-nil draw with Reading on Wednesday. Uh, they beat uh, Watford at home uh, last week. Let my bet down. Uh, <laughs> beat uh, Wickham three-one away the week before, and then lost two-one at home to Barnsley the week before that. Um, seems fairly mixed. Uh, I've tried to have a look into fan opinion as well, which has proved difficult because they don't seem to get a lot of engagement on Twitter at the moment, um, and one of their fans' forums looks like it was made in 2003. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it, it seems to be kind of fairly similar to us at the moment. Um, obviously, it's just been confirmed like last week that I think there was us looting, someone else had nothing else to play for, couldn't get relegated, couldn't get uh, into the playoffs. And most of the, uh, the fan chatter I've seen seems to be around kind of rebuild in the summer um, and, and re- not really having anything to play for, so play the kids in the last couple of games. So should be an interesting match next week based on based on that. Well, let's talk about predictions and uh, how we feel about the game next Saturday. Do you think we'll... Uh, well, I mean, there's nothing really to play for, but... <laughs> Uh, nothing's on the line, but uh, how do you think it's going to go? Do you think we'll uh, get, pick up the three points, keep the momentum going, good for next year? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a draw. I think they are quite similar to us. I think we'll just cancel each other out. Um, I'm actually gonna go for a nil-nil. 
No, no, draw. <laughs> Tom? You know what? I'm just, I'm just going to go all, all out with this one, and I'm going to do what the result should have been when we played him away at the start of uh, in, in Woodgate's first game as manager. So I'm going to go 4 3 Borough. 4 3. <laughs> I know it's, 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 a, it's a bit out there, but I'm going to go both teams, nothing to play for. I might play a few of the kids. It'll be hopefully end to end. It's, it's always a tough match against them. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go 4 3. <laughs> without Brit missing a penalty this time. 4-3, without Brit missing a penalty. I'm going to go 2-0 Borough, I think. I'm I'm feeling fairly confident, you know. I think that uh, we. I think it's important for us to get the result. It's also a game where when the when it's a horrible game to watch, we just sometimes tend to grind out a really like poor result. <laughs> Not a poor result, but like it's a 1-0 win, but it's like the worst 90 minutes you'll ever see in your life. Well, I hope my prediction doesn't come true. Jesus. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, I've seen I've seen on the Simpsons where like they get the the football and it's like uh it's like the Brazil game where they're just passing it in the centre circle, <laughs> yeah. but with us it's just kicking it in the channels and knocking it over kennel rods on the rods. <laughs> probably will be, but yeah, I'm gonna go two nil. Uh, Tom's going four three, and you're going nil nil. Dana, wait, I'm actually gonna change mine to one all, but I still think we'll go draw. On, go on one all. All right, okay. Yeah, well that's it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me as always. And if you're watching us on the Facebook Live at Red Army TV, thank you very much for joining us. But then also if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast apps, thank you very much. And if you haven't given us a five star rating on the podcast apps, please do. That helps us get found and charted and help other Bora fans find us as well. So that'd be absolutely perfect. But that's it. As Alan Hansen famously said once, uh, you don't win anything with kids, but I was simply doing all right. This has been the Board Breakdown podcast, and that was all your match day chatter in a pod. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! Alan coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Spots out. Emerson!